Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Alright, hola mi gente. Welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well this week. Now, before we can continue on with the rest of this week's interview episode, I actually had to go ahead and re-record my intro because, fun fact, this interview episode that I did with the amazing Matthew Aragami was actually my first interview for season two. So I was still learning how to use a lot of the technology features, editing features with like the virtual platforms I had to use to make this episode happen. So on my part, my microphone was kind of off. I don't know how else to explain it, but you'll hear it with the rest of the episode. However, Matthew his audio was so good. Everything he had to say was just crystal clear. So I strongly urge you to just stick around for this episode because I promise you, you're going to learn so many new things because Matthew Aragami has been a very good friend of mine for the past 10 plus years. And we went through high school together. He went and did his undergrad at Cal State Long Beach, then did his master's at Columbia University, which at one point led him to be homeless, which he does talk about in the episode in depth, so definitely stick around for that. And now he's officially at medical school, and he kind of gave us a little preview of what's to be expected with med school this year for him. So if you are just looking for an awesome interview to hear, some feedback on how to go about a journey at an Ivy League or applying to med school, please stick around for this episode. And well, I'm excited to share with you this, you know, just Matthew being an awesome gem. All right. Talk to you in a minute. Yeah, I'm very excited. And honestly, I wasn't supposed to start medical school until two years, but I decided, you know what? I'm, I, I just graduated from Columbia University. I got a good taste of the Ivy Leagues. Now I don't really care what institution I do medical school. I just know I need to start. I need to be a doctor and I need to heal people. <laughs> so, so this is what I need to do and I need to do it now. So I applied to St. George's and I got in. Um, and I got two of, the, uh, two of the largest scholarships. One of them was the humanitarian scholarship. And then the other one was the Legacy of Excellence scholarship. And the humanitarian, I'm so, I'm, honestly, I'm just really glad I got these scholarships because they really validated a lot of the work that I've been doing for so many years um, and I mean, it's work that I would do with or without an honor, but just to be given like, you know, financial help and an honor related to global humanitarian work and then like maintaining academic excellence just really, really meant a lot. And I'm really glad I get to start online. And I, unfortunately on the podcast, you won't be able to see my, my casa, <laughs> but I actually decorated it to make it feel like home. Um, cause before I, you know, used to study at like boba shops and at the library, but that's not possible now. So I really had to make an effort to just make this place where I'm at, you know, the best I can possibly make it. Um, so everything I have up here and around, it's like all decorations from around the house that I like. And I'm just like, sorry, mom, I'm taking it. <laughs> like it's going in my room. Um, and I'm, so yeah, I'm glad I can start med school. Yeah. <laughs> in, no, in this space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I was going to say, don't worry about taking some of your things from your mom. I've done that too. Um, as grad students, med students, we don't really have a huge budget. So we got to work with mm-hmm. what we have. Be resourceful. Yeah. So I get you. Yeah, be now, resourceful. Tell us, that's good. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> now, going Very back, now, going back to what you had mentioned, um, you had previously said that like you would study at boba shops, libraries and whatnot. So that shows that you're very into your academia, like no matter what it takes, you're going to do it. So I want to then bring that back to your time at Long Beach. How did you use the perseverance you have and have always had to make an impact at Cal State Long Beach? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's such a big question. I'm like, where do I start? But I mean, honestly, I'm very glad I started at, uh, at Cal State Long Beach. Um, Cal State Long Beach and the CSU system as a whole is definitely a home. Um, because I, I think the, for me, at least, when I reached out for help, I got the help I needed. When I reached out and said, hey, I want to start a project, I had people like, oh, I want to help you with that, you know? So it was really cool. And my first year at Cal State Long Beach, I joined student government. And in student government, I met so many different people. And I mean, in high school, I mean, my bubble was theater and school. <laughs> so as you know, so it's like, those are my two outlets. Um, but then in university, you're exposed to, you know, people from all backgrounds of all ages with so many different experiences, um, all sectors of work, even, um, you know, some having just come out of some coming out of you know prison, coming back to school, wanting to make their life better. Others have been working now, going back to school to advance their careers. You know, others right after high school they start. And so I really like Cal State Long Beach because they made sure that they were helping students from non-traditional backgrounds get the education that they want and education that they need in order to make the world you know a little bit better. So, and that's why I wanted to start like TEDx. Um, and I reached out. I actually first started um, with, you know, ASI as the secretary for academic affairs. And then I was like, oh, academic affairs, you know, there's an administrator who's like a big dude in the university. So, like, you know, the head honcho of the university. So I was like, maybe I'll reach out to him because he has academic affairs in his title. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize how big he was in the university until, like, uh, I met him. And then he was talking about all these different departments and how he oversees all of the colleges. And he's like the boss of all the deans. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know I was meeting with, you know, someone with that much <laughs> power in the school. Um, but yeah, when I told him about TEDx and I already brought up a plan, I was like, yeah, you know, I was really interested in starting TEDx. And I'm like, you know, this is the budget. And like, if I go to this conference, I could get the license. You know, and if I like meet people from you know the College of Business, I could have them market. If I meet people from the College of Film or the Arts, I could have them video record. <laughs> and then they're like, "Wow, this guy already has everything in his mind." And so he said, "Yeah, I can. You know, I can help you with that." And I was like, "What? No way!" <laughs> and honestly, like having that support and like that connection with like university officials was so helpful. Um, and I'm just really glad that he trusted me with something like something as big as that, you know, um, but even beyond just like TEDx, just like the opportunities that were at Cal State Long Beach were so phenomenal. And I'm thinking about like, even all the scholarships that were available. I mean, my brother, he's super smart. He, you know, was like top valedictorian of his high school. And then he got like the uh, president's and uh, president scholarship for Cal State Long Beach, which is a full ride. Um, and then he graduated summa cum laude at the nursing program. And I didn't get that scholarship, the, the full ride, but, you know, I wanted to hustle. At that point, I was like, no, I'm going to apply for everything that's here. And so I did. <laughs> and I got, like, scholarships to pay for everything. Um, and so, like, yeah, there was, like, a center for scholarship. Um, and they basically talked about all the different scholarships available for, like, students with disabilities, 
um, for you know people who maybe are the first generation starting university, uh, for people who identify within the LGBTQI plus community, uh, and and those who are you know have veteran who have served in the military and are veterans. Um, so there's a there is a lot of opportunities and. And I mean, after going to Colombia, <laughs> where the opportunities were like a little bit financially, there were opportunities were small. But yeah, but that's I guess this is our next point. <laughs> yes, definitely. So as Matthew, like I'm telling you guys, he's honestly one of the most humblest people I've ever met. And I'm going to tell you this. Matthew's always been very wise. Growing up, he was always with his head in the books. Whenever we hung out, it was literally only an academic settings that's probably why he also motivated me like start to stay in school like what else are we going to do with lives so and that's another reason why i really wanted to make sure this interview happened because it says a lot for someone who started in a underrepresented school district such as where we went laura high school to then study and spend four or five years at cal state long beach another typically underrepresented community because it's filled with minority students to then make it all the way to Columbia, New York with some scholarship help. So go ahead and talk to me a little bit about that. And what were your struggles with going to Ivy League after leaving the beach? Wow. (laughs) Good questions. Great questions. Um, Yeah. I mean, where do I start? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I've taken, so Cal State Long Beach, I did my undergrad. I also took courses at Golden West College and UCLA Extension to finish my, um, to finish my pre-med requirements. Cal State Long Beach and Golden West College, even Golden, Golden West College, I only spent two semesters there. I gotten so much help, um, like through tutoring and through like meeting people who really want to like better their education. And so it was just really like, wow, these people are so motivated and I love it. And then when I got to UCLA Extension, it, it was different. It was different. I mean, we're still a Californian, so we understand that, the California lingo. But then when I went to New York, oh, wow, I had no idea that it was going to be that huge of a difference. I mean, New York in itself is such a different wavelength than California. So everything is very fast-paced over there anyway. But then going to Columbia, the things that shocked me was... I mean, you know, before I went to Columbia, I knew it's expensive. Um, and then I, I knew, you know, I haven't been to New York, so I knew that was unexpected. But I didn't realize how much it would hurt, like the, the amount of loans. And then, the, <laughs> the, and then just like the language, not, we all, I mean, we speak English, but it's like a different kind of English where it's like, oh, my God, I didn't know, like, the language can go that high where, like, I heard these words before. I did not know that's part of our English language, though. You know, so I'm just like, wow. It was very high language. And, I mean, some students even brought that up straight up. Like, you know, I'm very I'm very privileged that I, you know, grew up with high language. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks for letting us know. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it was alienating. But then even, even for someone who didn't grow up, you know, around that. Like, I, I grew up in Anaheim. You know, I went to Loera High School. And then I went to Cal State Long Beach. Um, so not really being exposed to that, you know, it was, it was a recipe to be misunderstood a lot. Um, and we were, Star and I were talking earlier about like, you know, sometimes when we talk about these issues, it's so overwhelming that we need to, to say it as a joke sometimes. And like over there, you know, that gets, that gets, you know, interpreted as like, you don't really care about these issues. 
But in actuality, they have the privilege of distance from these issues because they already exist within an entirely different socioeconomic strata. And so it was just so difficult to like explain like, okay, not everyone is going to talk about these issues the exact same way. And that doesn't mean we don't care. So it was, it was difficult. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't have, I almost, I took, I almost took a medical leave and I almost dropped out. However, I did receive help from the Department of Rehabilitation, which helps students with disabilities. Um, and I have a hearing loss. And so they, they helped me with uh, partial tuition and over at Columbia, I mean, it was like more than $2,000 a unit. And so, you know, a part-time semester or a full semester would cost nearly $30,000 um, over there. And so they would help me with half of that, $15,000. And it was, it was challenging because Columbia is not used to people getting scholarships like this. <laughs> and so they didn't process my scholarship in a timely manner because they're like, wait, that's not my responsibility, is it? And so I ended up with like, you know, money that I needed to pay for housing and food. And then I couldn't even pay for housing and food because I didn't get the money yet. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. So I was working at like a cancer research lab. And then I was like paying for my apartment month to month. And it was just so stressful. And, you know, and especially, you know, at a Ivy League, everyone is already so well put together that you feel embarrassed to show that you're struggling financially. So I, I felt like I was stuck in between two different worlds, three different worlds even. You know, the world of elite university and then the world of New York. And then, of course, me still trying to figure out my own self and my own identity over there. Um, so it was a challenge, but I learned a lot. I learned how to navigate different worldviews, um, some very high worldviews and some very low worldviews from when I slept in the library for a couple of nights until I could get my money <laughs> No, I totally understand. Oh my gosh, if you could feel my heart just quaking. You know what, never mind. I don't even want you to feel that because you went through so much, Matthew. And this is why, again, like you are someone, I just know you're going to make it. This is why people like you are in med school and you're going to make a difference for so many of our minority members in our communities because you made it. You literally hustled. <laughs> you slept mm -hmm. in the library. See, I would have thought <laughs> where I slept in the library at UCSB, but it was because yeah. I was studying for a final, not because I couldn't be in my bed. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. And this is where I tell you, everyone, he is literally the most humblest person I've ever met. Now, fun fact, going back to, like, your concept about going into the Ivy League and you noticing that everyone has a different lingo, everyone... <laughs> Before Matthew and I even started to record, um, we had a little cafecito chat setting, just catching up, making sure to have everything just go smoothly. Oh, my goodness. The last time I saw Matthew, I want to say, was a year, two years ago in Santa Barbara. <laughs> when I was starting to talk to him now, even though we've kept up through text, DMs, you know what I'm saying? This boy, he was throwing lingo at me where I'm like, OK, I know I've heard these words before. I appreciate mm -hmm. and love the fact that you're at this like wavelength with your vocabulary, but you do remember you're talking to Estrellita who's wearing a shirt that has a piece of bread on it, right? <laughs> I, I, was, I would like to say I'm as educated as you, but it's okay. You can talk your normal lingo, <laughs> even though yeah. I love the fact 
I felt like you've grown so much intellectually and spiritually, you know? So I just mm. thought that was a really funny side comment to say, because then eventually, obviously I ha- he's my friend. So I say it with the most caring, but realistic way possible. I could tell that Matthew started to like go back to his roots, you know, where mm. he's still using yeah. all the knowledge and terminology he learned from his mm-hmm. Columbia um, route. However, He's bringing it back to like the Anaheim area. Yeah. And I felt how alienating it is taking, you know, what I've learned in Cal State Long Beach. Cause I, I mean, you know, that I served as you know, a lot in student government doing a lot of justice work um, from like a secretary of academic affairs, all the way up to the chief of staff of student government. And then, you know, when I went to Columbia, yeah, the language was like, so high you had to learn it or else boom you're misunderstood and i mean to be misunderstood at a you know an institution like that where you're already like struggling financially and when you're misunderstood it goes beyond just being misunderstood it it, it severs trust you know it it makes you feel like you don't really belong there and when you feel like you don't belong you don't reach out for help and when you don't reach out for help it's like okay if something else goes wrong like who's gonna catch you you know so it, it made it challenging. And I mean, it, it really is. I mean, this, this speaks so like even the violence of like language acquisition, you know. And so like even like now I had to pivot back and forth. And, and I mean, I kind of go back and forth anyway. But but yeah, it's like it's interesting now that I have both to my disposal. It's like, OK, I need to I need to make sure what I say. I want to make sure I'm I'm being clear because I know how painful it can be to be misunderstood in those ways, especially when we're talking about justice issues, when we're talking about, you know, racial injustice, when we're talking about disability, when we're talking about, you know, LGBTQ rights, um, when we're talking about gender inequality, um, when we're talking about the socioeconomic, um, you know, gap in poverty and, you know, inaccessibility to healthcare. It's like, when we think about all of those things, my goodness, you know, we need to be clear, um, but at the, at also, there's so many ways that we communicate. Sometimes we communicate through, through, you know, through, lang- through computer language. We want to build software that will help people, um, you know, navigate the internet more easily. Or um, some people will make a podcast like you're doing, you know, and get people with different backgrounds all over the place. And so, what's important is that beyond the language, is that we're doing something to, you know, make the world better and hopefully help other people not struggle how we've struggled, you know? No, of course. And the other thing I wanted to bring up too, is that while me and Matthew were talking about how it's great that people like us, grad level, medical school level students, that it's going to happen. We're going to like expand our language. You're going to expand our vocabulary list. You know what I'm saying? And it's great. However, if our, a career objective really is to uplift our minority group mm-hmm. members. We need to be mm-hmm. mindful of the fact that, yes, it's great that we know all this fancy lingo. However, how are we supposed to continue to uplift our community if we're using mm-hmm. Columbia-level lingo that not even a UCSB or Cal State Long Beach alumni can adapt to so easily as first-generation mm-hmm. students, you know? Yes, yeah, definitely. And there's so much conversation that has to happen in between all that to make sure we're all understanding each other. Because even going to like a community college, you know, that that's going to present you with different ideas, different worldviews 
that your parents may not even understand, you know? And so it's, it's, there, there's always like a, a part of us that moves forward with what we're learning, but also a part of us that has to remain humble and say like, oh yeah, you know, wait, the, the knowledge that I have to move the world forward is also very privileged, you know? And so even though it may hurt being misunderstood from like, let's say our family doesn't really understand why we're talking about like LGBTQ rights, you know, especially if it's maybe in a, a culture or a religion where they don't necessarily support is it's like because it's the worldview they've grown up with. But then when you go to university, your worldview is like, oh, wait, it's okay to be the way I am, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> so it's, like, it's navigating so many different worlds. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love that you brought up that example about the LGBTQ community because that's actually the next topic we're going to hit. So, Matthew, what, what do you want to share and educate us about your relationship with the LGBTQ, what you know, anything you want to share? Yeah, I mean, that, so, I mean, always as, like, even in elementary school, um, I knew that I was not, like, I couldn't really identify with other guys or other boys, you know, I couldn't really identify with boys liking girls, and it was, like, so it's, like, a mixture of, like, gender and, like, sexuality issues at such a young age, but, I mean, but, of course, also at a young age, I've learned, you know, guys should be with girls, they should get married, they should have kids, had their own normativity, <laughs> um, so it's like, and it, so it just felt uneasy. And so like for a long time, I just sort of like, you know, stayed quiet about it because I also wasn't sure. Like no one knows, no one has, well, some maybe fall in love very early on, but I didn't feel like what that intimacy feels like, even beyond like sexual attraction, but like that plus the layer of like intimate attraction, like I didn't know how deep that could go, you know, and that's when I like <laughs> really knew like, yeah, very gay. I'm very gay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I didn't come out until after I graduated from college from Cal State Long Beach. Um, but it was rough because I, I did feel a lot of like imposter syndrome at my time at Cal State Long Beach because there was a lot of, I was doing a lot of activism. Uh, I mean, I did come out as like asexual towards like the end of my senior year kind of like breaking into the queer community because ACE, ACE felt right at the time. Um, and I just want to validate the ACE community right now because there are uh, people who do identify as asexual um, and it is part of the LGBT community. And, um, and you know, just because, you know, they're asexual doesn't necessarily mean they don't want intimacy or they don't want love because um, we all deserve that, you know, and that's really what the LGBTQ community is about. It's just allowing us to love who we love <laughs> and how we want to do that, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, so it, it was difficult. And, I mean, my parents are from the Philippines. They're immigrants from the Philippines. Um, and so they, we've grown up with a worldview of, you know, of, of traditional Catholicism. But, I mean, and, yeah, even my church community, like, they were also hesitant about this thing. So it was a lot to... Because I, I didn't feel supported and safe within at the time, I didn't feel safe about like coming out within my family and within my community. So that's why also I really needed to move to New York and to Columbia to just figure all of that out for myself. Because I knew I couldn't do it at home. Because um, it was just too too painful, you know. Sometimes your environment limits to how much you can grow, and so sometimes you feel like, for me at least, I, I felt like I just had to to move somewhere to get some space. To figure out, you know, who's Matt? <laughs> What's Matthew? What is this thing named Matthew Bargani? <laughs> and I love that. I feel like that should be like your quote for 2020. 
who is Matthew Aragoni? Who is Matthew Aragoni? <laughs> yeah. And then just go from there. And I love it. And I was, even though like I do empathize with all the struggles that you did face at Columbia, I am glad that you grew out of your shell, even if it was not the way that you anticipated. And I also appreciate the fact that you were open enough before this interview even started to get recorded to talk about like your relationship as being queer and educating what you know of so far with all the information out in the LGBTQ community. I also find it kind of like cute and innocent that when you were younger, you were like, what boys need to like girls. Are you okay if I share something? What's that? Can I share something? Yeah, I don't that? even know if you remember. Oh my gosh! And by the way, this is good. This is being recorded, so I can't. Like, yeah. Okay. Do you? So, fun fact, everyone. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you were <laughs> so It just makes so much sense. Everything just clicks. So, Matthew, mm-hmm. through Laura High School, for most of our occasions, he was always my gay. Like for the homecoming dance, to our theater banquets. We yeah, except for like prom, and I remember like a few months later we were like, why didn't we go to prom together? What was wrong with this? I don't know. But our senior year, yeah, we had. I, mean, I, I wanted to be fair at the time, you know. I was like, I was like, I wanted prom homecoming. You were for me, I was like, we're hanging out as friends. We cared about each other. No, I felt yeah, bad but that like, wasn't what I was. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So it was fun. But what I was gonna come into, it's like it all made sense because like our senior year, like. Me and Matthew, like, I was his first kiss. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then, um, yeah, and then and at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely just very. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what just put it together. I'm like, okay, yeah, that yeah. put it together. I mean, yeah, like, I remember I'm- you saying, you're like, Matt, is there something you're not telling me? And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also, you didn't know at the time. So, you know, but I, it didn't. I really still didn't because I still haven't had my first kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my gosh. But isn't that kind of funny? Like, no, but, like, obviously, I knew, like, us hanging out, we were friends, friendly or whatnot. But it's just, like, it was just so funny because I remember, like, my family would ask, like, so are you guys? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not in that way. We just, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We were also, we were also <laughs> always paired together in our theater. Like, I mean, for one of our plays, we were, like, husband and wife. For another one of our plays... I don't know. We were just always paired. I can't remember them all at the top of my head. I feel like it was just, I remember, but I don't remember high school. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, same here. I don't remember a lot of it either. I just know we were all a mess. <laughs> we, were yeah, like, we, were, yeah. we were teenagers. Our feelings and emotions were everywhere. But it's just so funny because it was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh my gosh. But yeah, now. And I do, you know, part of me, like, <laughs> part of me looks back at high school and like, dang. I probably like hurt, <laughs> broke a lot of hearts <laughs> because I just wasn't clear, like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> no, honestly. Okay, guys, whether you believe it or not, but Matthew, like, he had a lot of ladies following him. It was hilarious. I was <laughs> like, confused. I was like, why? I don't understand this. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and it was hilarious because all he ever wanted was just to read his books. <laughs> Can I just study? <laughs> just to study yeah. doing theater plays? Like, Memorize his scripts, but Memorize like, script, yeah. Like, I have an AP test coming up. <laughs> Can this wait? Like, why are you telling me that you you want to, you know? And I'm like, gosh, there were just so many girls. It was just so funny. But it's also because Matthew, he's always been very nice and humble. Like, that's never changed about him. So, people that like 
can read and feel those good vibes, they're like, obviously they attract to it, you know? And then you being a male and girls trying to just, you know, figure out what they like. Of course, they're like, oh, he's nice. He's a dude. Let's see if something can work. Does that make sense? But like, yeah. no, I think from the beginning that we we met, we were just always going to be friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember the first dance. <laughs> you were always taking the lead. <laughs> what do you remember? You had to hold my hand like this and then spin me like this. I was like, wait, I don't understand. I just want to study, but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Matthew, you can study like you do a textbook. You have to study by interacting with another human being. Mm-hmm. And isn't it yeah. funny that we've been in each other's lives for so long in the sense that I know you are very social. I know that you you bring in very good crowds, but I also know you like to be a hermit more than socialize. Yeah. And I must be a butterfly, even though I have my hermit moments. So I feel like mm-hmm. we kind of like as the friends, each other out. yeah, because mm-hmm. let me tell you this guys, have you ever had that friend that you, you reach out to every now and then just to check up on them, but they don't always respond. Have you had that friend? Yeah, that's Matthew. But the thing is that I'm in college. He in college, we kind of get how the world works around us. So it's like, if we don't hear each other from a year or two, it's all good. But we at least need to hear that you're alive. <laughs> yeah. That's you know what I mean? and so I, yeah, I've had some friends yeah, be very worried because it's been a few months. And I'm like, and they're like oh, not a simple like yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, of course. I'm Although so with med school coming up, I'll get worse for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's why, guys, like, even though I'm literally, like, I have finals tomorrow, we needed to make this episode happen because I wanted Matthew at his best mindset possible because I know he's always tired, but that's because he's doing what he can to make the world and to make a difference in the world. And even though he says that he'll make a difference in the world when he's a doctor, he's already doing it now through his path. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm the perfect example of when... You motivated me to still continue studying even after high school without even trying, which then motivated me to motivate other people. I mean, I've given college workshops on my spare time up until COVID happened. So see, like everyone, it's all just like, a, it's like a cycle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's just like when it's meant to yeah. be, it'll just happen as naturally as like the way I'm explaining how it's happened for us. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So... Yeah. Yeah, you got to like, mm. but what I was going to say oh, back, okay. yeah, you know, mm. but I was, I was going to say all to this, guys, is that obviously when you have friends like that, that never respond back to you, you eventually give up. Well, Matthew is very lucky that I am annoying <laughs> and I give up distance for like six months, a year. But then afterwards, I'm like, all right, bitch, where you at? <laughs> where you at? <laughs> yeah, where you at? I just came out of my hermit shell. Be nice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. And then we catch up and then we don't see each other again, but that's normal. You know what I'm saying? At least this is recorded. This is living. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. No, definitely. Now, the ne- I hate that this episode has to like, it gets times, obviously, because we want to make sure that our audience stays engaged as much as possible. But we also know going into an hour long episode is just not ideal. We're not in an hour yet. So don't worry, guys. Now, the next thing I did want to touch upon going back to how you've inspired me by just being you to then me being able to inspire others. I wanted to ask you, what piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Yeah, a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, and my pause is because I, I've learned so much the hard way <laughs> over the years. A piece of advice. I think the most important thing for me 
is knowing that sometimes things are going to hurt. <laughs> things get difficult, especially when you want to pursue, like for me, becoming a doctor. We don't have any other MDs or DOs in my family. Um, like the path is not paved yet. And so we don't know what's out there. I did not know what to expect. I knew what to expect when I went to Cal State Long Beach because my brother went, both of my brothers went to Cal State Long Beach. I did not know what to expect when I went to Columbia. I did not know what to expect when I came out of the closet. Um, I did not know what to expect when I figured out that, you know, hearing loss does have an effect on my studies, does have an effect on how I communicate, does have an effect on a lot of things. So there's so many unknowns in this world and this world is going to hurt. But there's so much, so many people who have been through that too. And those people are out there. And even though things hurt, just keep moving forward. Try to find people who will support you. Not everyone will, but there are definitely those who understand. And if they don't understand everything, which no one can fully understand everything about anyone, but, you know, the advice they give you, if they want to support you to, you know, pursuing X career, help you, you know, make X craft, Y craft, then that's support, you know. I say find the supporters, find the people who really support you, focus on those people, um, and really just, yeah, pursue what you love, pursue what you like. And especially for like minorities who are going into STEM and for individuals who are doing justice work while also balancing school, also balancing their professions, also going to work like you star and also making a podcast to elevate voices, which is justice work in itself. Like keep doing what you're doing, you know, and keep moving forward and you don't have to give up one or the other for anyone. You just need to find the right people who support you. I think that would be my biggest advice to people. <laughs> I need to add that to your Matthew 2020 quote of the year. You should write that down. So then when you <laughs> big old TED talk a decade from now, you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to reference it back and be like, I spoke out about my thoughts and experiences on this podcast. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for yeah. real. Comment, okay. think, Go on. Oh, I was going to say, thank goodness it's recorded because I'm not going to remember what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> he never remembers. Like, like kind of how don't. we don't. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was oh, kind of a blur, but it wasn't. <laughs> I said high school was kind of a blur, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Things come up every now and then. Like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oof. Never mind. Yeah. This, this is just going to prolong our episode. But before we officially end, so Matthew, I wanted to ask, where can people find you in case they want to connect with you to, you know, if you ever eventually respond back, <laughs> if they want to ask you questions about like what it's yeah. like to study for the MCAT, correct? Or yeah. what it's like to eat and have a healthier lifestyle, which you should check out on his Instagram, but he'll let <laughs> all his information right now. So where can people find you and where can people connect with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on Instagram. You could follow me there. Um, I'm Matt, M-A-T-T dot Argami, A-R-G-A-M-E. That's my handle. Um, I don't reply a lot to the DMs there. I just get a lot of weird ones sometimes. So, so something I'm not on there. Um, 
but I still post every now and then about like medical school stuff and about like working out um, and about my puppy. Uh, his name is Copper, born and raised in uh, in New York. <laughs> now a California boy. Um, yeah, but if you want to like email me, you could email me if you, you want to talk about like academic stuff. I think that's better through email just because I can flex my Columbia email address at you all and <laughs> I could also be more detailed. So my Columbia University email address, and I have to use this now because I've worked way too hard and suffered way too much to not. <laughs> so my Columbia email address is Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot Argami, A-R-G-A-M-E at columbia.edu <laughs> brought to you live on cafe <laughs> i love it and honestly flex that email i mean i still be flexing my email from ucsb like we pay so much with school and if we're not paying it with student loans we're paying it while working at the same mm-hmm. time this is real oh. Gosh, it's definitely thing. All right, everyone. So this concludes the episode of Cafecito con Estrellita. We'll definitely have more interview solo episodes coming up soon, especially right now for season two. And well, Matthew, see you later. So great talking to you, Star. See you later. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>